It's now time for the main news of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, we begin with baseball. The Major League Baseball Players Association. They sent out a proposal for the MLB and owners to, to approve. That would be on Sunday, last Sunday. Excuse me. It's now time for this week's main news of the week. We begin first with the Major League Baseball Players Association sending a proposal last Sunday. The main parts of this proposal were a 414-day season, no salary cuts, and the ability for players to opt out of playing this season due to concerns of the coronavirus. This entire proposal was rejected. And they told the players' union, MLB did, that it did not plan to make a counter-proposal. MLB also told the union it had no interest in extending the season into November due to the fear of a potential second wave of the coronavirus disrupting the postseason and jeopardizing $787 million. One thing there, I don't know why they cared about November. really don't. Season was going to last from June 30th through October 31st. Here's what I think, however, why they said if we go into November. They want it to start in July. That's what the owners in MLB want their season to start in. Players want to start at the end of the month. MLB wants them to start at least near the end of July, if not the middle of July. That's why we had the November issue. This is... This is ugly. This entire situation is getting very ugly. My fear is no baseball. I wasn't going to watch that many baseball games. I'm not lying to you. Not a big fan of baseball. I love going to the minor league games. They're fun. But I'm not going to watch baseball games. I mean, I watch golf, so I might watch baseball now, actually. I don't know. You never know. I'll find out by then. We now move on to soccer, which is going to make lots of people angry because lots of people, I guess, don't like soccer. I don't know why. Big soccer fan here, man. Going to definitely watch Major League Soccer. Yeah. MLS almost had a lockout this week due to an old CBA collective bargaining agreement. They could not agree on pay, I guess. And I think the old CBA basically was like they didn't have anything for the pandemic or games. It wasn't written for any of this. In fact, the players even skipped practice after the owners said they were going to have a lockout. Wednesday was a good day for both parties because on Wednesday, the MLS and MLS Players Association, they completed their new collective bargaining agreement. This new collective bargaining agreement, known as the CBA, that's, how you, that's what I need to call it. It's easier to say. We run it through 2025 and includes agreement on the plan that the 2020 season will resume with the tournament in Orlando. CBS Sports reports that the league is targeting a July 9th start date. The proposed format would include six groups, three groups for the Eastern Conference, and three for the Western Conference. Those t- 
if those groups, they're going to be competing in a World Cup-style group stage. Players are going to arrive on June 24th for processing and COVID-19 testing. It'd be team training from June 25th through July 8th. And then action will begin. We don't know when the action will officially start. I can confirm that it is after July 8th. With the group stages ending on July 23rd. Now, if you don't understand group stages, let me explain it to you. So in the World Cup, there's a total of 64 teams. And it goes down to about not even half of that. They have around a 16. So they're going to be competing in games. And whichever teams have the most wins or ties, you are going to advance. For example... If you lose all of your games, if you lose your games, that's it. You're done. If you lose all four in the World Cup, for example, you don't get to advance to the round of 16 and then eventually go to the quarterfinals, semifinals, and then the final. That's just how the bracket will work. It's sort of like the NBA. It really is, actually. So ball teams are going to be there. Here are some of the official dates. The group stage will end July 23rd. Ten teams are going to be going home with 16 remaining. Through July 24th through the 28th, the round 16 tournament will happen. Eight teams will remain, by the way, after this round. Eight, of course, being four on the east, four on the west groups. Then through July 29th through August 1st will be the quarterfinal matches with the four teams now remaining after this round going to an August 2nd through the 5th semifinals. There will be an Eastern Conference representative and a Western Conference representative competing in the championship, which will take place August 6th through the 9th at one point. Commissioner Don Garber also said on Wednesday he expects the league to lose $1 billion in revenue. He had a long quote applauding the owners and stuff. But here's really what it was. We're going to lose the ability to sell tickets and other game day revenues like merch and concessions. That That is why they're going to lose over a billion dollars in revenue. That's what it's going to be like for all these. So, I mean, yeah, you can still sell some merch on your store, but more people are going to buy merch probably at a game than at the store. I miss sports, I really do. We now talk about the National Hockey League, which, by the way, Max Kellerman, who shares the name with me, I'm, of course, Max, Max Kellerman, there we go. Uh, Anyway, he says that the NHL is not the fourth most popular sport. I have to digress with you, man. I feel like it is probably more popular then MLS. MLS is, of course, going up in popularity, but NHL still stands up there in the top four major sports leagues. Well, when the NHL returns, by the way, they're in group stage two, whatever. Teams can start training this week. The NHL will return Commissioner Bill Daly. That's not the deputy. Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly. Here we go. I was like, Gary Bettman. 
he's the commissioner, not Bill Daly. He's the deputy commissioner, Bill Daly is. Sorry to confuse all of you. He says the NHL players will be tested every single day. Here's a long quote from him. Quote, we will have a rigorous daily testing protocol where the players are tested every evening. The results are attained before they would leave their hotel rooms the next morning. So we'll know if we have a positive test and whether the player has to self-quarantine himself as a result of that positive test. It's expensive, but we think it's really a foundational element of what we are trying to accomplish. End quote. Each test is going to expect to cost around 125 bucks. Commissioner Gary Bettman estimates that there will need to be 25,000 to 35,000 tests to get through the playoffs. Price tag is expected to be in the millions. Now, you might be asking yourself, why do we need to have daily testing? Well, the players have insisted on regular testing. NHLPA Director Don Fear said, quote, you need testing at a level sufficient to be confident that you are going to be on top of everything which might happen. <coughs> if that turns out to be daily and that's available, that's okay. That wouldn't be good. If it turns out that that's not quite what we need and we can get back by with a little less, that's okay. I messed up on that part. Here we go. That would be good. If it turns out that that's not quite what we can get by with a little less, that's okay. That's a, that's a tough quote to read. I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to summarize what he said. I'm not editing the other stuff out because I think it's fun when I get when you guys get to hear me mess up. Basically, he said, if we need lots of testing and it's available, that's okay. It turns out that we don't need to test every single day. That's also okay. That's a way better quote, Don Fear. Your name doesn't even look like Fear. I had to spend like 10 minutes finding how to pronounce his last name because it looked like it was Fur. F-E-H-R. That doesn't sound like Fear at all. We now move on to the National Basketball Association. I should have put this first. I didn't. See, got you guys to wait. You got to wait for basketball. Yeah. The NBA is coming back. I'm excited, man. On Thursday, the Board of Governors, they voted to approve a 22-team format take place at ESPN's Wide World Sports and Orlando Magic's facilities. The vote, by the way, was 29-1, to with only the Portland Trailblazers voting against the proposal. Basically, Portland wanted another proposal. I think that included all of the 30 teams. I don't understand. You're in the playoffs. You, it's okay. Wow, Portland, wow. Commissioner Adam Silver said, quote, the board's approval of the restart format is a necessary step toward resuming the NBA season. Well, the COVID-19 pandemic presents formidable challenges. We are hopeful of finishing the season in a safe and responsible manner based on strict proposals now being finalized with public health officials and medical experts. We also recognize that as we prepare to resume play, our society is reeling from the recent tragedies of racial violence and injustice, and we will continue to work closely with our teams and players to use our collective resources and influence to address these issues in a very real and concrete way. And, quote. You might be asking yourselves, 22 teams? What does that mean? Are there going to be 11 teams for each of the conferences? That's not true. There are going to be nine Eastern Conference, 13 Western Conference teams. Those teams are the Milwaukee Bucks, Toronto Raptors, Indiana Pacers, 
Boston Celtics, Philadelphia 76ers, the Washington Wizards, the Nets of Brooklyn, New York, Orlando Magic, and the Miami Heat. And then there are going to be a total of 13 Western Conference teams. The Los Angeles Lakers, LA Clippers, Denver Nuggets, Utah Jazz, Oklahoma City Thunder, Houston Rockets, the Mavericks of Dallas, the Memphis Grizzlies, the Portland Trail Blazers, Zions, New Orleans Pelicans, the Sacramento Kings, I almost said San Francisco, that's not right, San Antonio Spurs, and the Phoenix Suns have made it. Phoenix Suns have a chance to make the playoffs this year. Wow. I did not expect that. Really didn't. Did you know at one point Phoenix was number one in the league for the Western Conference? They were. It was day number one. They won their first game of the year, and they were number one in the Western Conference. They were still in the playoffs. That's why they're in this tournament. Well, not really in the playoffs, but they were still able to get in the playoffs. Again, I think there were 12 games left on the regular season. Now, you might be asking yourselves, why does this matter with all those teams? Well, those there's going to be a eight-game regular season. Those games are going to determine seeding for this year's NBA Finals Tournament. Teams will begin training in Orlando starting July 9th through the 11th. The seasons can take place from July 31st through October 12th. With the draft lottery on August 25th. No matter ask yourself, why is it August 25th? Well, that's when the league knows who all the lottery teams are going to be. The NBA draft will be October 15th. 2020-2021 season will likely begin on December 1st. I think the Players Association might sit, have them start a bit later. I'm saying that's going to start in 2021. For the, so it's just going to be January. This is going to be very difficult, by the way. Because you're going to keep having it go later and later. We're going to have to start changing all the dates for sports because of this. Free agency starts October 18th. Training camp starts November 10th. The regular season will take 16 total days with six games per day. I believe six games per day might also be for the entire tournament, like first round. There will also be four hours between games on each individual court so that the court can accommodate overtime, the cleanings, and warm-ups. Well, there you go. There's your main news of the week. One thing I have to add for USL soccer, by the way, that is the minor leagues of soccer, they're going to be coming back July 11th. So if any of my listeners are a USL fan, that is when they can start coming back. There aren't anything really announced about teams and games taking place. That's when they say the league can start. So there you go. There is your main news of the week. Coming up next, we got some combat news, especially with UFC 250. You are not going to want to get off this podcast. It's now time for the combat sports update. USC fight night. It took place last Saturday with the main event. Gilbert Burns taken on Tyron Woodley by unanimous decision. By the way, Burns has now won six fights in a row, and he's considered the number one contender in the welterweight division. It took place at UFC's Apex facility, 
By the way, the cage is a bit smaller, being 25 feet wide instead of the usual 30 feet wide. There's UFC 250. It is Saturday tomorrow. The main event is women's featherweight champion Amanda Nunes taking on Felicia Spencer. It's going to be a total of 12 fights, but only one title fight. The event will take place at the UFC Apex Arena once again. There's a lot more boxing news this week. Mostly some drama online. I'm not going to really get into that because it's a bit confusing. And then I think Jorge Masvidal also was put into some of his own, I guess, by saying that he wasn't going to fight like this one guy because the one guy was asking for too much or not enough. It's very confusing. It really is. I don't care about this. Just give me fights. I don't care about the drama. By the way, top-ranked boxing going to be taking place the July, June, June. I'm in this, we're in June, guys. Wow. Top-ranked boxing takes place June 9th and June 11th at the MG, GM Grand Arena in Vegas. There we go. Have you heard of Anchor? It is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's a free way to make a podcast. You don't have to pay. You can edit the podcast on your phone or computer. Anchor distributes your podcast to many places, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And you can make money from your podcast with barely any listens. You can download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. Well, guys, it's time now for the most sports update. I'd like to point out I spent about 18 minutes thinking I was recording this. Turns out I wasn't recording this at all. So that really sucks. You know, I spent about 18, almost 20 minutes, and then I wasn't even recording. So I apologize if I sound a bit angry. I finished everything else, and then it turns out that I wasted my time. Here we go. Supermarket Heroes 500 took place in Bristol, Tennessee. Bristol Motor Speedway. I watched the entire race. That's why we have a lot to talk about. Here we go. First major thing to happen. There's a big lap. Rick on lap 229. Taking out Ricky Stenhouse Jr., by the way. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Alex Bowman, Cole Custer, and Tyler Reddick were all taking out. It happened because Ricky Stenhouse Jr. made contact with Jimmy Johnson. So, the people involved in the wreck, by the way, Kurt Busch, Matt D. Benedetto, Ryan Priest, and Jimmy Johnson, all were involved, but could still continue. Alex Bowman, Cole Custer, Tyler Reddick, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., out of the race. Race was red flagged at lap 231, so Cruz could clean up the track. By the way... It wasn't for rain. That actually does happen a lot in IndyCar at the Indianapolis 500. That they clean the track. Like There's usually two red flags a race. But I, I think there might have been one last year, but I remember there's a lot of red flags in 2018. There we go. Oh, you thought we were done? No, 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 no. See, this race is 500 laps, 500 laps long. You want to know why? You want to know why? Guess why? It's a short track racing, baby. Yeah, short track racing. Very entertaining. I really enjoyed it. I'm excited for Martinsville. 
which I'm pretty sure is the other short track track racing thing. Honestly, this is the most NASCAR I think I've ever watched, and I think now I'm more of a NASCAR fan because I was sort of a casual fan, but now I'm a big fan of NASCAR. After the red flag, they only lasted 20 minutes with 36 laps to go. We went from 231 to 36 laps to go. Martin Truex, Eric Amarola, Michael McDowell, all are involved in the crash, which was caused, if I'm not mistaken, by Bubba Wallace. Wallace, Eric Jones, and Ryan Newman were involved in the crash at some point, but we're all okay. Eric Amarola, I was disappointed. I thought he had a chance to be in the top 10 and really shocked me. He was doing great. He was, however, wrecked. Disappointing there. Then we move to 11 laps to go. Denny Hamlin goes too high up on the Bristol banking. Banking? That doesn't involve money. Let me explain something to you guys who don't understand motorsports. Understand motorsports. Banking is when the track literally banks up. So there's flat tracks, but then when it banks, that means that the corn, the sides of the track where they race are sort of going up at an angle. Imagine a backflip ramp for like BMX. It goes banked up. That's how they will go up. It curves up. The racetrack curves up. That's what banking is. Well, sometimes you can go too high in the banking and get a bit loose in the marbles. That's what happened to Denny Hamlin. He was okay, though. He didn't. Re- he just gave a little love talk to Joey Logano. Well, Chase Elliott took the advantage. Chase Elliott has a fast car this year, by the way. You're going to really want to watch out for him. Chase Elliott would then get the lead after that mistake. Then with three laps to go, Chase Elliott, he gets loose in the marbles. Veers off to the right. Takes Joe Logano with him. They both crash out of the race. Brad, Kes- Brad Keselowski. That's a, that's a very tough name to say. Brad Keselowski would eventually get the lead after that whole exchange and eventually win the race. Clint Boyer comes from out of nowhere. He's in fifth place at one point. Then the whole Chase Elliott, Joe Logano incident happens. And then he gets second place at the end of the day. This race win was Brad's 32nd win and second win of the season. He's definitely getting a contract extension. He really is. We didn't know if he was going to get a contract extension. He has won two races. He's going to get his contract extension. Joe was not happy after the race. He and Chase Elliott had some words. I don't know those words, but I can guarantee you I probably can't repeat them on here. There are a total of 17 cautions. Chase Elliott won stages one and two. Danny Hamlin would lead the most laps with 131 of the 500 laps led. If you don't want to watch NASCAR, if you don't want to watch them doing left turn, left turn, left turn, that's what I hear some people say when they say, why do you keep watching racing? Well, boy, do I have something you might like. Dirt bike racing. They have left turns, but they go over jumps. Now, here's what you need to know. There are two divisions, the 250 and the 450 class. It's the type of engine, really is. 450 are heavier, faster bikes. And they are for the more experienced drivers, 250 for the younger drivers. Like age, ages 18, I saw some 20-year-olds there as well. It's like a NASCAR Cup car and a NASCAR Xfinity car. There's a difference, and will just a bit differently. Well, here we go. Round 11 taking place at Rice-Eccles Stadium. That's where rounds is 11 through 17 are going to be. 250 E-Series, Heat 1 winner. There are two heats in the last chance qualifier. 
and then a main event for each division. The 250 East winner for Heat number one was Geico Honda's own Chase Sexton. He was the points leader at the time. He would stay the points leader through round 11. The top nine then made it to the main event for the 250 and 450 classes. For Heat number two, your winner was Yamaha's own Shane McElrath. Shane is a fast man. He really is. You're going to want to watch out for him. I think he's going to win the 250 East title this year. Then they had the last chance qualifier for the last chance qualifier of the 250 East. Top four, of course, make it. Your winner was Honda's number 49 driver, Chris Blows. 250 East main event was five minutes long. To 450, six minutes long, plus the one lap. Just like the 250 having one white flag lap. Your Heat 1 winner was Kawasaki's own Eli Tomac, who's the points leader at the time, would stay the points leader through the night. Honda's Ken Roxon would win Heat number 2. Last chance qualifier winner was Kawasaki's own Alex Ray. We now move on to the 250 East main event. It was 15 minutes long with a white flag lap. And the winner was Yamaha's own Shane McElrath. Honda's Shea Sexton. Came in second place, and Kawasaki's Garrick Matchbanks came in third. At the time, in round 11, Chase Sexton was the 250 East points leader, but now had a 7-point lead instead of a 10-point lead. You're going to want to pay attention to that. 450-man event was 20 minutes long, plus a white flag lap. The winner was Kawasaki's own, Eli Tomac, with KTM's Cooper Webb getting second, and Honda's Ken Roxon getting third. Eli extended his points lead to eight points out of Ken instead of the three. Well, after that exciting Sunday at both NASCAR and, of course, Monster Entry Supercross Monday night, we had Xfinity Racing. I started watching at around lap 183. I think there were about 300-some laps. We now have five laps left. Number nine, Noah Grayson hit Justin Allgaier, and then Justin spun out of the race, and that race would then go into overtime due to that. And I myself, what's overtime mean? Well, that basically means they have a yellow flag, okay? Once they get in green flag, there are two laps left. However, if they if someone wrecks before they finish the guy, before the leader is on the white flag lap, they're going to have to go another lap around. And they need to try a second restart. It's confusing. You got just got to watch it, and then you'll understand. Noah Gregson took the lead when they went into overtime and then got the win. It was his second race win of the season after the season opener Xfinity Series win in Daytona. Noah won stage one and led a total of 55 laps. Justin Allgaier, he led the most laps, 156 laps led, and stage two win. Truck Series Racing will happen on Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern on FS1. And then at Fox at 4.30 p.m., it's the Xfinity Series race. The $1 million challenge. If whoever was in the top four finishers, if they won, if they got in the top four finish and then they win the Atlanta race, they get a million dollars. It's the dash for cash presented by Xfinity. Sunday night is the main Cup Series race. It's the Fold of Honor Quip Trick fi- Quip, Quick Trip 500 at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. All of these races are going to be at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Well, on Wednesday, they had Supercross Racing, and I didn't watch it at all. I'm going to give you the results over. 
Heat 1 winner of the 250 E-Series was Honda Chase Sexton. And Heat 2 winner, Yamaha Shane McElrath. Going back and forth, of course. Honda's Bulls Fleming would get the last chance qualifying for the 250 Series. For the 450 Series, Heat 1 winner was Honda's Malcolm Stewart getting his first ever Heat win. Congrats to Malcolm. Honda's Ken Roxon won Heat number 2. Honest Justin Hill won the last qualifier. See, a trend Honda. Honda wins a lot. That's why I feel Honda's going to have the advantage. And uh, I feel like that is why Ken Roxon's going to win the 450 series because he's on the Honda. He's at a bad, fast Honda. And that's why I think he's going to win. Huh. Really do. 250 main event winner was Shane McElrath. Shane is now tied with Chase Sexton's 250 East leader. Tie points there. 450 main event was KTM's Cooper Webb. Well, Cooper Webb would win. Cavs Eli Tomac finished ahead of Ken Roxon. Meaning Eli would get a 15-point lead instead of a seven-point lead over Ken Roxon. We got to talk about NASCAR again, by the way. NASCAR released all the races through the first week of August. Starting June 26th, Pocono is going to have five races, the 26th through the 28th. Should be one ARCA, one NASCAR Truck Series, more commonly referred to on NASCAR Twitter as NASCAR Trucks. One Xfinity race and then the two Cup Series races all at the Pocono Triangle, which apparently isn't a triangle to math people. Not sure. Pocono's crazy. really is. July 4th weekend, the Xfinity Series and the IndyCars We'll be competing together that Saturday at the IndyCar Road Course races. And then on Sunday, there's going to be a cup race. Very disappointing. There's going to be no fans allowed in that race. I'm disappointed. I'm beyond disappointed. I, wa- I, didn't th- I wasn't going to go, but I, I wish I could have. I want to have fans back at sporting events. I really do. Kentucky Speedway has four races on July 9th through July 12th. Two Xfinity races and Astro race and the Sunday Cup Series race will be taking place. It's time for the All-Star Race Wednesday, July 15th as an ARCA race. An All-Star Open race. I don't know what that is. And then the official All-Star Race all taking place on the same day at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Gonna be exciting there. really is. Then on Saturday, July 18th, and Sunday, July 19th, there's going to be a Nash truck race, an Xfinity race, and a Cup Series race over those two days taking place at Texas Motor Speedway, where IndyCars are going to be this Saturday. More on that later. July 25th, at Kansas City Speedway, there's a Cup Series race, two Nash truck races, and an ARCA race. That is, excuse me. Thursday, July 23rd through Saturday, July 25th. That's that. Kansas City Speedway, two NASDAQ races, an ARCA race, and an Xfinity race. I think there's a cup race soon. I didn't write it down. Sorry about that. Finally, on August 2nd, the Cup Series will race at New Hampshire Speedway. Only the Cup Series, not the other ones. Well, you heard me mention IndyCars happening this Saturday. It's going to be exciting. really is. It's the first time since about, I think, October was last year's finale. Here we go. This Saturday, the Genesis 300 will take place at Texas Motor Speedway. It's a 200-lap race starting at 8, 10 p.m. 
on main channel NBC. This is the first time in seven years NASCAR, IndyCar, excuse me, has been on a main sort of mainstream show instead of NBC or NBCSN or NBC Sports Gold. Apologies there. There will be a practice session at 1 p.m. on NBC Sports Gold and the IndyCar Pass, which I believe is like 50 bucks. Could be more, not sure. And a qualifying session will be taking place at 4 p.m. on NBCSN. Okay, so let's say you have NBC Sports Gold, MCSN, and NBC. What if you don't want to watch all this? What if you don't want to switch around? I have the answer for you. Radio. Live radio. Very interesting. I've been listening to a lot more radio. Listening to radio talk shows. I made it on the talk show. My tweet did. I was proud of myself. Really was. Well, if you want to listen to the radio broadcast, I know I'll be doing that at least for practice and definitely practice. Definitely for practice and maybe qualifying. Mark James, Jay Query, Nick Yeoman, and Davey Hamilton, the driver analyst, I know will all be on the call with Nick going to Texas Motor Speedway. The radio broadcast is going to be on IndyCarRadio.com, the TuneIn app, and SiriusXM channel 125, if I am not mistaken as well as one of your local radio stations. You can actually find them on your phone with apps on your phone. You can actually listen to real radio. I did that before. It was actually nice. Like I said, I listened to sports talk radio. It's very entertaining. This is going to be interesting for the fact that they have a new setup with the aero screen technology. It's basically a cockpit around the car now. So it's more like a NASCAR rather than an open-wheel racing. They have a cockpit now over the car, sort of like NASCAR. It's to protect the head of the drivers. So they haven't had that much time in a car. It's going to be practice is the first time they've been able to have racing since at least... I know they had a practice through the aerospring technology officially at Coda in like January... So, but that's been a while ago. We're in June. That was January. So they got all practice qualifying and racing all in one day. So if I had to choose someone, I'm going to go with three-time Texas winner, Scott Dixon. He's had some practice in the aeroscreen technology before uh, the normal practice at Coda. He's won the Texas race three times. That is why I'm choosing Scott Dixon to win. You could also say... Joseph Newgarden, last year's winner and last year's Cup Series winner with the win. Or 7-Eleven is going to be helping Tony Kanaan. Last time Tony Kanaan was there, and I think 2004, I believe, he got the win in the 7-Eleven car, so you could also choose Tony Kanaan for the win. It's really anyone's game with a brand-new setup. It's going to be very entertaining. I'm excited for it, if you cannot tell. I'm going to have to skip NASCAR. I'm sorry. Because IndyCar is back, and I'm more of an IndyCar fan. I'm sorry. I apologize too much. Well, there you go. There is your motorsports update coming up next. We have your non-sports news of the week, and it comes from South Africa. Stay tuned. You heard that we have some positive news, but before that, we have a non-sports news. It involves liquor and in South Africa. 
We need some context. South Africa shut down all liquor stores due to their quarantine. You know what? Some people really need their liquor right now. Barstool Sports and Times Live reported that some thieves tunneled into a Johannesburg liquor store during lockdown, sold over 17000 U.S. dollars worth of whiskey, brandy, gin, ciders, vodka, and beer. The store was ShopRite Liqueur Shop in Newtown Junction. ShopRite said the thief took the theft took place during lockdowns levels four and five. I haven't researched that, but basically, the sale of alcohol is prohibited at that point. The manager of the store discovered the thief, the theft, excuse me, and a large hole in the floor when she entered the store on Friday. She was returning to prepare for the store's reopening under level three on Monday. Quote, with alcohol in high demand during the lockdown, the store was secured from the outside throughout. The suspects avoided the mall's main entrance and instead used electrical and stormwater tunnels beneath the shopping center to gain access to an area beneath the store, said ShopRite. Quote, they tunneled through the solid concrete floor directly into the shop. It is unclear how the thieves knew where to tunnel, nor how long it took them to get through the thick concrete floor, but they returned a few times to steal a large amount of stock. The ability to buy alcohol, by the way, was once again allowed. Beginning on June 1st, South Africa was very happy. I don't believe they found the suspects. I could be wrong. There's a great chance I'm wrong. I'm very good at that. But here's a plot twist. The one who, since they don't know how they knew the tunnel, they obviously work at a store there. I'm going to guess that it's the lady that walked in because you want to know why? No one would have expected that. No one would have expected that at all. I think it was the manager at the store. She stole it. South African police, you're welcome. We now move to a positive story because I know some of you guys don't think that stealing liquor is positive. I don't think it is either. Well, yesterday, June 4th, 2020, was the first time since March 11th in New York. New York City. That's the first time since March 11th they reported no coronavirus-related deaths at all. Isn't this crazy? I can't believe it. You know, at a peak, the city reported 590 deaths in a single day. That's a lot. How We went from 590 to zero. Now... Here's something very important. Are they going down? Are cases going down? Yes. Yes, they are. In some cities, they are. What does this, what does this mean, however? It doesn't mean immediately go and back to what would be considered our old normal. Because there's a chance that you can still get it. Now... It, is it a positive? We can start doing more stuff. Yes, we can start doing more stuff. What I'm not recommending is you to have a party with 500 of your closest friends if you haven't been tested at all. I mean, I can't tell you what to do. I'm not going to tell you what to do. That's just not... I don't have 500 friends, so I'm not going to have a party with 500 friends at one point. Well, there you go. There's your positive news. There's... Your crime news, a.k.a. non-sports news of the week. This has been a very exciting edition of Sports of the Show. I have a lot more to tell you right after this.
Well, guys, this has been an amazing edition of Sports The Show. I enjoyed it. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Here's what you need to do. Here's what you need to do. You need to leave a voice message via the Anchor app. How can I find the Anchor app? It's a great question. Wherever you guys get your apps from, you can use go to the App Store if you're on an iPhone. I don't know, if, and Samsung probably has one. Or you can download it on your computer or tablet as well. So that's how you can get Anchor, and that's how you can make your own free podcast if you want to do that. Or if you want to leave a voice message, I don't think you actually need to make an Anchor account. You can just leave it via my Anchor website that it gives me. Um, here's the thing. If you want to find that, you got to go find Max G Sports on Twitter and then look at my pinned tweet. My pinned tweet is going to give you everything you need to do to leave a voice message. No one's done that yet. I really want you guys to so we can have content to talk about. Uh, I was also on the radio show. I was in an interview. They just said one of my tweets. I was proud of myself. I really was. Proudest moment I've had in a week. Proudest moment since I ran about half the neighborhood and didn't die. I think it was over half. It really was. Well, guys, in all seriousness, before I tell you this, remember, at Max G Sports on Twitter, Capital M, capital G, capital S, no spaces. Anyway, seriously, you guys need to stay safe. I hope you stay safe. I want you to. I want this. To, I want to be able to go out. I really do. I'm going to stay in because I honestly have nothing to do. So I'm just going to stay in. I'm going to keep giving you guys content. So enjoy it. You need to buy a gift card to a local business. Support your local businesses. Buy gift cards, order takeout or delivery if it is a restaurant. Wash your hands. I haven't said that for a while. You guys still need to wash your hands. Stay safe. Stay home if you're sick. That's it. That's really all I have to tell you. Oh, by the way, I just remembered one thing. I need you guys to tell me if you guys would watch a live edition of Sports the Show. Uh, there's this cool thing called Sportscaster, which it's Sportscast R. You can like make your own sports show that way. It's basically a live streamed sports show. I'm thinking of doing one of those. I just need to honestly know if you guys would want it. So leave a voice message to tell me that or do it. Get on Twitter, DM me, say, yes, you should do that. Um, I honestly think I might do that. We'll do a test run, see if anyone shows up. It'll, it'll be good from there. Like I said, guys, stay safe. Sports are coming back. They really are. Final thing. Um, Indianapolis 500 this year. Now, the month of May was sort of the saddest month of May ever. Today, the month of August is going to be pretty awesome. And I'm going to tell you this right now. I don't know anything. But I have a great feeling that the Indy 500 will have fans. Now, it might not be 100% attendance. But if you bought tickets by now, I think you have a great chance of already being in it. I don't think if it's general admission, there's going to definitely be no snake pit. But uh, I think you have a better chance to make it if you bought one of the... uh, Seats around instead of in the grounds. So that's just my prediction. Enough of me talking, guys. Seriously, stay safe. Quarantine 
it's it's slowly getting away. It really is. This isn't going to be our new normal. I can guarantee you this. Thank you for listening. Hasta luego. Peace. I don't know how to say that in Spanish. <laughs>